everybody. Welcome to Mavs Party. It is a shade before 10 p.m. on Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Kirk Henderson, and you are joining me live for the post-game party because we, you know, we, we deserve that. We deserve that. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 133-126 to on national television, no less, in a game that felt really really good uh, you know i don't know if I, I i feel any different about the team <laughs> long term but when your two best players combine to score 82 points you should relish that and that's what we're gonna do you know so what they gave up a 25 point lead in about 10 minutes <laughs> they won they pulled this one out I had a really great time, and I want to talk about it with you guys. So why don't you come up on stage, be listening for your name, uh, look for the ring around your your name to light up, pull yourself out of the chat if you're hanging out in there, and let's get our takes off. And then I, uh, I'll uh, maybe get to go watch television or something before bed. All right, we got a whole bunch of people already waiting to talk. Coming up first, Josh, my optimistic man. How are you doing tonight, buddy? <laughs> well, I, I usually. I don't call that much when I'm feeling non-optimistic or or I just am traveling in weird places where I don't have good internet connections and then don't want to bother you. But, yeah, that one felt like, uh, oh, here we go again. <laughs> sure. I mean, the Mavericks have been doing this to me for 25 years. Why would they stop now? Well, I don't know. Uh I don't know if I feel like they've been doing exactly this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's variations of a theme where it's like, you know, you play enough basketball games, you're going to lose leads. But it's like, I feel like those stick with me. So it's like when they lose a 27-point lead two, day, or, you know, two games ago, and if I just, I'm really <laughs> glad we don't have to worry about that because they came out, they calmed the ship. Doc Rivers absolutely stepped in it because for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the lead got cut from 25 to 4. And then Luca and Kyrie hit like back to back threes, and the game was basically out of reach. I don't, I don't know exactly. I've been watching these games. I've been traveling for like nine months, so I, I've been watching a lot of games. Unfortunately, on my phone. Oh, yeah. So uh, with the audio, so I don't know, but I didn't catch what what did what was the Doc Rivers thing. So what Rivers had done at that point, they got that lead back with Embiid and Harden on the bench. So it was what he ended up doing was committing, and it's an easy sin to commit, is you leave your hot bench in for one more minute. And that one minute was where Luka and Kyrie hit those threes. I think had he put Embiid back in earlier, we might have been looking at a tighter game down the stretch. I still feel like the Mavericks had their number because Embiid was getting pulled out uh, to the three-point line because he was having a guard five out and he's just he's not as mobile as he once was the Mavericks were cooking yeah what was Bullock billion for uh, a billion today? where is that he... pulled up he was five <laughs> he was five of 12 from the floor but five of 10 from three yeah yeah he, he seemed uh, you know just from watching but not counting he seemed uh very <laughs> he hit like three in a fiery. row at one point and it felt like NBA jam yeah, yeah, and and you know, uh, yeah. Similar to you, I still don't really know <laughs> how I feel uh, in general uh, with the team. Uh, it was good to see Green uh, really get minutes 
I didn't catch the first quarter because uh, over I'm on the West Coast and these games sneak sure. up on you how early they start. Yeah, like three in the afternoon. <laughs> it's like, what the? I was like, oh shit, I tuned in and there was like, it was already the second quarter has started. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? But, uh, but anyway, leave it, you know. Call, you know, I'm an East Coaster in the, in the in the origin, so maybe my internal clocks on New York, but uh, but yeah, uh, did did they start fucking uh, what's his face Holiday again? No, Green started, and Green was ah, a palpable good. difference to the energy. Now he ended up having kind of a weird game, um, not his best game, but he did commit. He did have moments, and. I think one of the things that kid struggles with with Green is that Josh's energy can sometimes be too much. And we saw that in like the fourth quarter at the end there when he turned the ball over for uh, just because he got a little over exuberant. But I would argue with what the Mavericks need, like they need some frenetic energy. Otherwise, it feels like half the team is just kind of like, you know, they, they just feel like they're a little too methodical unless Josh Green is running around like a crazed Muppet. Yeah, yeah, I, I I I agree with you. I'd rather I'd rather have that craziness. And I think I listen. Uh, this is my last thing. You sure. got a bunch of people on the line, so uh, I think that kid because I listened to your episodes uh, and and yeah, you were pissed, and and so you know, so was everybody pissed. Um, and the whole the whole ordeal on kid, he's kind of like. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird because he's like a player's coach, allegedly. Yet at the same time with certain players, he's a grumpy fuck. And so the whole thing with Christian Wood, I think, is a bit of a conundrum because maybe if you looked at it from another perspective, maybe it's also like, hey, this could have been Christian Wood's turnaround in his career. Yeah. But but kid is really I mean, kid was fucking hard on him forever and also kid just pulls him at really strange times i'm not talking about this game or anything i'm talking about the whole fucking season season sure at moments yeah jesus it's really weird so it's kind of like hey if you want somebody to fail you can set them up to fail (laughs) and it feels so you know i'm not defending wood becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy like you 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 tell the guy yeah set him up to do i i think i agree with that in broad strokes i will say i i need wood like we wrote a whole article on kids start to the fourth quarter against not kid uh wood start in the fourth quarter against the pacers where he commits three straight offensive fouls and it's like bob like Yes. One mistake, fine. Two mistakes, you're in your head. Three mistakes, Jesus, please stop. And then, it, you know, it, it's like, <laughs> and you feel like you feel God. for a guy because you get in quicksand. Who, who among us hasn't made ridiculous mistakes? But it's, it's, well, it's yeah. weird. It's weird. He's like a, what? He's like a seven foot, like, like ISO guy. So the, I think part of it is like, Jesus, he doesn't really, he's, he sucks at setting fucking screens. <laughs> he, yeah. He's always kind of like either early or late and moving yeah. and leaning. And it's like, but then you see him in other aspects. And it's like when he just wants to go all the way from the free point line to the hoop, he kind of just does it. And he's like, dipping around people and he's quite graceful. And so I really think that, uh, 
that man, it's like I I, I kind of think, hey, well, people are like, oh, like I know it's a big joke, like oh no, we're gonna lose wood. I just kind of think like it's like, man, you know, uh, why you gotta be so hard on the damn guy? Yeah. But maybe who who knows? Maybe in the locker room, he's a total douche, and and. <sighs> And, you know, we don't know that because I know how it is when you're in the locker room and you're like, man, nobody can stand being around this guy. And then you aren't exactly inclined to, like, give him uh, love on the court. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, good, good, uh, good win against a good team. That's right. Well, thank you for starting us off. Yeah, for sure, Kirk. Nice to talk to you as well. Do we got next? Chris, what's up, my man? Hey, nothing. Uh, just glad we won uh, this Crazy how a 17-0 run in that fourth quarter with Lucas sitting. I mean, Kyrie was in the game, but I, I was just like, I, I can't believe it. But I, I was like, I'm not surprised. But at least they learned their lesson from the Pacers game and the Lakers game. Uh, I mean, well, actually, we didn't really get up too high. No, there, the there, there were no lessons learned. We just hit a ton of shots, and I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, yeah, when, when we're the first uh, team in NBA history to have two players that have at least 40 points, I mean, that's. But we still only won fifth, seven, fifth time right? in a regular season game. Mavs. So Mavs PR tweeted this out. This is. I'm glad you brought this up. Luca and Kyrie became only the fifth pair of teammates to record 40 plus points in a non overtime oh. game in the past 30 years. Edwards and Towns in 2021. George and Leonard in 2019. Wiggins and Towns in 2017. And then Jordan and Pippen in '96. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to have Maxi back though. Seeing him make, I think he made a couple tonight. threes. He, I'm not he, looking. He's at still, he's still, you yeah. know, coming back. But it, it was, it was great. Net positive for sure. Man, if we could just tighten up that defense just a tad, it doesn't even have to be an elite defense. Just be like, you know, the 13th best defensive league. I mean, we go on these spurts where we just like score like crazy, but then, yeah, on defense, I mean, we can also get that return, which is it's it sucks. Like you can be up 20. And, going into the fourth quarter and you're still not like you're still kind of nervous. You're like you, you don't want to see the other, cause all teams are going to go. A good team is always going to go on a run. It's just going to happen, but at least they've learned their lesson or hoping they're learning their lessons. Cause we got what's 18 games, 17 games to go. Yep. Um, I really don't know what to say. I was just, we obviously just need to tighten up the defense, but hopefully I think if we can beat the Suns on Sunday, that'll just infuse some confidence in this team to, at least knock out some of these crappy teams that we're playing later on uh, in the season. Uh, we just, we just got, I mean, West is tight. Just got to hopefully at least get the fifth seed, sixth seed. I mean, we all want the fourth seed at least, but well, uh, we don't. My, my sort of standard over these next several games, and granted, they still got two more matchups with the Spurs, two more matchups with the Hornets, who are each in, in a bad spot, even though shout out to the Hornets for beating the Pacers tonight. That's so freaking embarrassing. Um, yeah. I, yeah, the Spurs beat them. Though, so I was like, oh, why did we lose against the Pacers tonight? They have so, so the Mavericks have the inside track to not being in the plan, and that is that is my standard at this point. <laughs> why doesn't Miles turn? Why, why didn't he ever be a Mav? Does does he like? I, mean, I know he lives in. He Dallas, went to the same high school as Josh Bow. Um, I mean, so <laughs> he's a guy that has a lot of nagging injury stuff. And the deal that he got was good for him and good for the Pacers, the extension. Like, they could still trade him at some point, but that was that was good money for him, particularly with his knees. And la- lastly, with Wood, uh, he came out tonight. I think he played pretty decent. I mean, made He hit a, a three early, threes, and then uh, he was out there during the massive run. 
He was he played four he played oh, okay. fourteen. Yeah, so he was the, was he was negative twenty one. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then he was sucking. Well, I know what you. He didn't do anything that particularly stood out to me, like as egregious. Yeah, we just needed defensive players, but but at the end of the day, at least we're not seeing McKinley Wright, all these players that are just like, why you don't even right? I mean, McKinley Wright, the minutes are gone, undersized guard, but like Pinson, Nilakina, I'm just, oh, please stay at the end of the bench and never come in. Like, I right, I like that, but anyway. Anyway, we'll go Mavs. Let's let's get this one on Sunday. All right, talk soon. For anybody in the chat, did Tim Hardaway get hurt? Josh Bo said he saw Tim Hardaway go to the back in the fourth quarter, and I just must not have been paying attention at that point because it was early enough. So I'm I'm curious about that. Somebody let me know. Okay, now I told them I needed them to come in here when we had won a game, and here's Lyndon bringing some some positive energy. What's going on? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can, though. It sounds like you're uh, a, a war correspondent. What's happening? You were there, and then you're gone. You were there. Can you hear me better now? Try one more time. No, nope, very far away now. So whatever you're doing before was fine. It was just funny. It sounded like uh, Baghdad Bob over there. It's great. Nope. Try back in with a headset in a minute. I'll need to edit this out, and I'll probably forget. So those of you listening on the recording, I'm sorry. Um, John, what's up, bub? Kirk, how are we doing? Can you hear me? Yeah. I hate this team so much. <laughs> what would you mean, like the fact that they just don't make any sense? Yes, yeah, because I don't know what to expect. I don't know how bad they're going to be from game to game, from quarter to quarter, run to run. I hate them because I'm I'm preamped after this. Sure. Game. Like I can, I can see you can talk yourself into something. Yeah. It, it feels like it, it was fun watching Kyrie. It, it does feel like he came onto this team and to his credit wanted to defer and wanted to, to figure out kind of how he fit and where he was, where he, you know, what he should do next to Luca, next to all the guys that are here. And I think he has figured out uh, he needs to go for it. Like yeah, early and he did in the first quarter often. and took, like him going for it took nothing away from what Luca likes to do in the first. No, no, it 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 works really well, and and I I was at least encouraged by that that the minutes where where Luca was on the court, whether with Kyrie or without, the Mavs looked it looked like they were maximizing what they have. Yeah, which is still not you know still has a a lot of holes on defense, a lot of deficiencies. And if they can, if Kyrie can figure out that second unit, like if those guys can get enough run together, that's, that's where it feels like it's the squeaky wheel. So tonight was the first game. I think that the bench unit with Kyrie running it hasn't looked fantastic because the the minutes have actually been really good. The Mavericks just haven't won. Um, whereas tonight it's like, well, you know, that they, they really went for it. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I the thing I, I, it seems like it's just slotting into place. The Mavs have two creators, uh, three defenders, Bullock, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Josh Green and, uh, 
Oh, I, I wrote this down. Three different. I don't even. We've got Kyrie and Josh. Like, are you talking defenders or, Kyrie, or yeah. play initiators? Yeah, defender. Like, yeah, uh, Reggie. Oh, and Reggie. Sure, Reggie, Josh Green. Yep. Um, and and then they've got and everyone can shoot threes. Yes. So that kind of tells you what this team should be. Just like last year, it should be the. <laughs> yep, and it's, it's it's last year. It's it's last year, but the, an upgrade from Jalen Brunson, basically. As much as I love Brunson, Kyrie is better. And so this team just needs to shoot a ton of threes and try to defend as best they can and and hope for the best. And, yeah. and I mean, they shot really well. I mean, unbelievably well in this game. But, like, they didn't hit any threes that were, like, No, crazy. it felt like all in the flow, open, like, like, just good process – like good process resulting in good threes. Yeah, that I, the, it was tonight's game was enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Even when they gave up the lead, it didn't feel like they were crapping the bed. It it still felt like they were sticking with what was working, and uh, I I think that's mostly the players just figuring out because it's not like I don't think Jason Kidd was doing anything better other than just playing the good players. Sure. No, I mean, getting that, like, like getting your rotations in order, which it's, it's such low hanging fruit. This has been his thing all season where he wants to try stuff. And it's like, but why don't we do the obvious thing? Like, it's like, here, you know, I, I kept making the joke on Twitter. It's like, look, the Dallas Mavericks are running the hit shots offense. And it's, well, why are they hitting shots? Good process. The right rotations. You know, you're not playing, now, I'm really glad that that Holiday is insurance, but him him his three point outburst that first game is an outlier. We you know if he hits one three a game for the Mavericks, then we should be excited. He can't be playing 30 minutes. He should be playing the 10 that he played tonight. And what's hilarious is he hit those threes, and Jason Kidd was like, "Let's just start him." Yeah, I don't now. know what happened. Like, like, <laughs> he, he, I don't. I don't think he knows why he started Holiday because uh, Grant Afseth basically asked, like, straight up asked him, "Why isn't? Why has Green not started?" And the answer Kidd gave was, "Oh, it was like a filibuster." It's like, well, you see, back when time began, and it was just really funny. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, what else you got for us? Oh, I, I loved. Oh, that's that's basically. It. But yeah, Jason Kidd has the personality of a styrofoam cup. It's and it, that's what I don't get is it's like he's a player's coach, and he's like the, he seems like the least enjoyable person to talk to, or <laughs> hang out with, or or insightful. Or, or I mean, not that you have to like like hang out with your coach. He also doesn't seem to have any insight. And, uh, and well, my, I mean, he's life. a basketball savant, so it's like if you've yep. ever worked with somebody that like just can't explain, is really good at their job, but can't explain how they do it. Like that's sort of how I view kid as a point guard where it's like, how do you, te- how do you talk about instinctive basketball? You, 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 like Luca. And that's where he and Luca share that where it's just like, they both saw it, like see the floor in a special way, but like translating that into helping other people is hard. Oh, totally. Totally. La- last thing, uh, Kyrie just had some cool plays. Like I and I don't like I'm in a way that I've never seen a Dallas Maverick like that uh that three I think it was at the end of the the third where he just stepped into I mean just that step into the three and just drain it and then um there's one where he missed a one on one then got the steal and made a pass to Josh Green for the dunk that like the pass itself was so cool yeah 
it was just, like it was just I, I I have enjoyed watching Kyrie play so much more than I I thought I would, and I, that's why I want this team to figure it out because it could be I don't know where it could go, but it could be fun, and and this was a game that felt really fun, and I just want more of that. Well, fun is what we should want out of basketball and out of our time. Thank you for hanging out with us, man. That's right. right. Thanks, man. Let's see who else we got. Good Lord. Room's growing even longer. All right, we're going to give Lyndon another shot here. Lyndon, what's up? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? There we go. Sometimes the audio, you know, it's like you're doing headset, different stuff. It just it, it doesn't work. But thanks for trying again. Yeah, um, I just more want to come in here and more listen to what everybody else thought. I, I it, it reminded me of like um, those Mavs King thing when I was a kid when like Mike Bibby was was on when Mike Bibby was on the Kings the formative and 2003 just, Kings Mavs series that was yeah that there were some bangers back then my God yeah I feel like Mavs games remind me of those now where it's just like we just outscoring everybody mm-hmm. or but yeah basically like. Um, I don't think this is a boost for Jason Kidd. This is just a boost to the two elite talents on the team. Hey, when Luka Doncic is on, he can like he can beat anyone who's standing across from him. When it Kyrie is. Irving is on, yeah. yeah, like when Kyrie Irving is on, he can destroy anyone across from him. That's that's understood. The issue I feel like a lot of us fans had was the process, like the lack of you know any type of flow on offense and all this stuff. But that's for a losing night. For a winning night, I just—I really just wanted to say it's—it's a, it's a good win. I don't know. I—I I, I don't really see. I didn't really see anything that made me think of what I could see in the future. What I, mean, I could other, see in the like, playoffs. Like, I think the rotations. That's about all that I saw. Was they had the rotations in the place where Green started. I liked the bench unit. It wasn't particularly productive, and we eliminated some of the minutes or trimmed down some of the minutes that make us all freaking crazy. You know, there, like, yeah. there were no Frank Nilakina minutes. There were no, it, it, it Marcus Morris person. maybe, you know, we might need him from time to time, but it's the rotation looked pretty good. You go look at the minute distribution. I think the only thing I, I would have liked to have seen more of was maybe a few more um, Christian Wood minutes, but he was pretty rough in his time. I mean, that's all in all. I, I liked what I saw. Like it, it was a playoff rotation tonight. That's for certain. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I feel like Christian, I know Christian Wood is a flawed player, but I feel like Jason Kidd should just give him a chance to make mistakes. Like, we, we, we've seen this playbook for years. When you treat a player like this, he's not going to play better when you have him on such a short leash. Rick Carlisle did this for yeah. years to young players, and it destroys them. It has them looking over to the bench every second, you know? Well, here's a theory. I think they want to pair Maxi and Wood's minutes almost like minute for minute. Like they want Wood playing with Maxi to help cover up some of Wood's defensive issues and frankly to put Wood over in the corner where he is deadly from three. Um, and mm-hmm. I think if you're not comfortable with Maxi's minutes yet, because he only played 20 tonight, and I honestly thought he would have played mm-hmm. more, but I bet he played too much the other night when they were trying to beat the Pacers. Maybe mm-hmm. we see more Max, more Wood minutes as Maxi gets closer to twenty-five to thirty minutes a game. That's just my theory. Okay, could be bullshit. Okay, <laughs> I no, I, I hope you're correct, man. <laughs> I, I'm still with you guys on your kid thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys lockstep. 
everything, the articles, I'm with you guys, lockstep. But no. I feel like this is just like, like you always say, right now it's just about getting, just stacking wins so you don't have to play in the plane. Yeah. Ugly, pretty, the win just needs to occur because you don't want the variance of three-point shooting makes single elim- elimination games even more terrifying. Like, even more terrifying. It does. Yeah. And I think that, that Luca the past two seasons has looked like with the rest, he has just he comes out looking insane. Oh my gosh. Mm, monster. Absolute monster. Well, thanks for hanging out, man. Glad you tried again. Thank you, man. All right. Let's keep going. Let's go to Tyler. How are we doing, Tyler? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? Better tonight. <clears throat> Earlier game. Win. Got a lot of things going for us. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, uh, it was good to see Luca and Kyrie do well, but I feel like it was um, sort of like <clears throat> we still have the same issues, or so you know, it's kind of just masking the issues that we have. Um, I, I really don't think this is a very positive win for the whole team, like. Other than Luca and Kyrie, obviously, but the defense again pretty bad. Um, although I thought it was better, but I mean Philadelphia is on the road on the second night of a back-to-back, and we almost blew another twenty-five point lead. <laughs> I can't uh, understand why that freaks everyone out. I, I will, I will, I will say that. Yeah, that would have been pretty, pretty insane had we blown another huge lead like that. Um, but I had one question. Um, so. So Holiday has basically been like a, a bench player on bad teams for most of his career, kind of a fringe player. His minute, like he had that one game against the Spurs, but he has not looked good. I mean, he can't really knock down shots right now. And we have like our wings are essentially like Bullock, um, Green, and and Tim. Um, and our guards are Luca and and Kyrie. I would like to see. I would like to see Hardy in there getting 10 minutes, even though I know he's like raw, he's going to make some mistakes, but especially with the bench unit, um, having just another offensive threat. Um, Cause he can just get buckets. I think would be positive and just for his growth and everything. I'm just, I'm kind of um, just, uh, I, I just wish we would, you know, not just stuff him on the bench ever since we got Kyrie. Well, the, so, so w- Kit talked about this earlier in the year. They only want to play him if it's an advantageous situation where he can't, I don't want to say like, where the, where if he makes a mistake, it's not life-ending for the team. And with what's been happening lately, there's an argument to be made that like every mistake <laughs> only makes the Mavericks worse. So I think that that kind of be why, I, I, I really don't think we're going to see him anymore this year. Maybe against like some of the really bad teams because we'd still we got two games against the Spurs, two games against the Hornets. So I think there's an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, that's all sure. I really had though, Kirk. Thanks, uh, appreciate you. All right, talk soon. Let's go with. Uh... How are we doing, buddy, Ruben? What's going on? Doing all right. I, I feel good about this game. I feel like uh, my rant was so loud that Jason Kidd actually heard it. No, Maybe. I think he got a lot. Like, I, I'm pretty sure he spends time on the internet looking at stuff. So, I, I, I don't want 
Like, I'm not being hyperbolic. I would not rule out him having heard a lot of this stuff. I was literally in a mask space on Twitter, and somebody said, too much mask? Just uh, keep it short in the green room uh, tonight. I was like, I will. I didn't know I was too long. Who said that? (laughs) I forgot, but it was all love, though. I didn't. That's the whole point of these is to, like, ramble into oblivion. (laughs) But, no, just a couple quick points. Um. Love the win. We actually beat the 76ers, which I would have marked this as a loss. I don't care how how good we were going or whatever. But uh, Holiday out the the starting lineup, and I keep hearing starting lineups don't matter. I'll I'll be on my my island. Uh, I feel like they do matter, especially when you yank players that are playing good out of the starting lineup. It does something to – a player psyche, and um, we kind of saw that with with Josh Green. I'm glad Josh Green is back in the starting lineup. Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Jay Kidd some praise tonight. Sure. He ran he ran out of timeouts. I am so he proud of him. Them. He used them without like in stupid. I mean that Luca. Uh, I feel like the whole game the refs were like leaning on us. Like we we didn't get the same calls as Sixers were getting. Well, but... I mean, it's just there's two, two very different call, like like two very different teams to ref. Like the Sixers are just so big. Like when Jaden McDaniels got his four fouls in 90 seconds, like that was like a real equalizer for the game. That was kind of what that, that really killed um, the Sixers. But I, I just like, I don't know. I, the foul stuff in refing is something I'm, I'm going to probably ignore for the rest of the year because I've been watching Luca a lot and he did it again tonight where he got, he got fouled. It was a mid range floater. He got fouled. He didn't get a call. And so after, but the shot went down. So he spent the whole, like he ran up the floor berating the ref. And it's just like, what, what good does that do? And, and I've been watching a bunch of clips and some YouTube videos and it's just, it's like when you get in a fight with your significant other and you think the fight's winding down and all of a sudden they're like, and another thing. And like, that's what Luca does when he's talking to the refs. I just, I, I need him. If I had an off season project for him, it would him be him becoming like a Buddhist monk and not because uh, I, I just, I can't <laughs> have him yelling at the refs like this. It's going to cost them. It, it will cost them though. It was one, um, that one play where um, Sixers fucked up the inbound pass and, and uh, Luca made a good play, and he was. I would have been pissed too, but I I feel like he didn't let it. You know, he didn't get a tech in this game. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the only thing I'm I'm looking at. And pretty much Harden and Luca are kind of like the most fouled players in the league. But Luca wasn't getting the same calls. But you know, we got to win. It, it doesn't matter. Um, my next point. Uh, see, Wood got a sneaky ten points, which um. I was like, whoa, okay. Um, you know, he, he Seawood just has to get back in his groove. I think that is. Well, they're playing him, like I mentioned earlier, they're playing him with Maxie. And when they play him with Maxie, that means he gets to go stand in that corner. And he hit two. The Seawood Maxie yeah. minutes, talk, talk about it. I feel like that was, I, I wish we could have seen it. Well, and, and so did the Mavericks, I think, to a, to a certain extent, and that they were looking forward to to seeing how um, what what because that's how you cover up a lot of Wood's mistakes on defense. Yeah, both of of Wood's made threes were in the right corner, so it, it, and he was money 
from when he played with the Rockets over in in those corners. I mean, 40 plus percent. And it's just, it's, it's an easy shot for him. So if they're doing any sort of offense where they can, where that's an outlet for them to get shots, it's, it's really, it's something. He's going to be a sneaky player in the playoffs. I feel like, like a X factor all every week. I feel like, like, uh, and, and it was one point in the game where I saw a double on Seawood. I think it was maybe just, Kyrie, maybe Luca was in the game, but when they were trying to feed it to see Wood after those two threes and um, he was trying to drive or whatever, they put two players on him. And I saw that. I'm like, whoa, it kind of it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So he's going to be a sneaky, a sneaky player. But Luca and Kyrie went off 40 points each. I, it's almost like and I, I think I said this in the mass space. Where our buffer for for Mavs wins were Luca going off for 40, 50 plus to win the game. But to have another player like Kai to and he was aggressive. I I, I have to I have to say that and I hope I'm hoping the coaches the coaching staff said that, drove that into his head after that last loss to the Pacers. Like no, we need you to be aggressive when when you get the ball. Like, don't look for Reggie. Don't look for, you know, X player or whatever. Get your points. Like, Luca's gonna get his. You said it earlier. Luca, Luca got his points regardless. Like, yep. even had more than Kyrie. But I think for the Mavs, and this goes back to history of the Mavs. I used to sell popcorn and shit in the reunion arena. Um, but the Mavs never been a defensive team. I'm not sure never. after 40 years or however long, <laughs> however long they've been a team, they never been a good defensive team, but if they can comfortably outscore and uh, I'll say Luca and Kai, the buffer for them will be maybe 30 points a game with five assists the five assists each saying that that means Josh Green, THJ, somebody else, hit, yeah, hit somebody else is helping. Yeah. So that's how we'll get our wins. Um, and I just want to say we we kind of, you know, Mavs Twitter kind of forced that Josh Green to start. <laughs> and I just want to hang my hat on that. Um, but great game. We got a win. Let's get some more wins. Let's not be in the plan. If we, if we can get Jay Kidd to call timeouts like he did tonight and have a, uh, a just a smart rotation. Yeah. It, we, we can, we can make, we can, we can make money. <laughs> Let, let's go Mavs, baby. Good Thanks, night. Kurt. We'll talk soon. Okay. Geez. Still got a ton of people. Let's go. Anyways, Christian, what's up, man? Hey Kirk. How you been? I'm okay. I'm okay. What's going on tonight? What are you thinking? Uh, you know, I'm just to be honest. The the way I'm trying to look at the season is just try to have fun with the team because I mean the offensive the offense hasn't been a problem this whole time. Like, yeah, there's there's some issues, there's some things that we need to tighten up. But I think every game that Luca and Kai have played together, they've scored at least 108. But the defense is just so atrocious, and I was wondering. I don't think it's going to happen. But I was wondering, 
if you think this would actually make a difference in, in terms of finishing out the season and obviously heading to the playoffs, we won't be able to get off McGee's money anyway, and he's getting DNP CDs nearly every night at this point. Right. We don't have seconds to trade him. So I would advocate just eating the money that we're going to owe him over the next two years, going and get a Nerlens Noel and then dropping like a Frank or Markeith Morris. If they're so attached to Frank for like a Stanley Johnson, obviously both are buyout players for a reason and haven't been picked up for a reason. Do you think if we were to add those two that it could present, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. Give us. Does it move the needle any? uh, I mean, the answer to that I think is on, on paper. It probably does move the needle a little bit, but in practical reality, I think with how much, you know, how much money the Mavericks are paying the roster overall, kind of the, the luxury tax stuff. I don't know how much it would cost them to sign those guys, but it, it does have a multiplying effect on the tax. So I just, I don't see Cuban doing it. I really don't. And that like, that's plus it's, it's asking the simple question of, do you want to remove, like, do you really want, you know, three of 15 guys on your roster to have been added to the team within the last 20 games? Actually, four, if you include Kyrie. Um, there is something to be said for, like, locker room stability. My understanding of it is, is McGee is a guy that a lot of these guys really like. Uh, and, and you know, that's just sort of the way it goes, even though we can't handle him. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so happy that we gave a three-year, $18 million deal to a guy that the locker room really likes because we didn't already have Theo Pence and, you know, we needed a second one of them that doesn't play. But, um, you know, the last thing I'll say is uh, I, if, you know, there's so many variables this off season, but if, you know, what I would expect the front office to want to do, if Kai were to resign, I can at least see kind of a template of like, identifying certain areas where it's like, if we upgrade, you know, we get a defensive wing or, uh, you know, a a rim protecting big, it's like really the sky can be the limit. So do you think that their goal this season is almost like a kind of punting it and hoping that they can show Kai that he's wanted here to re-sign here and then move on? Or do you think that they actually believe we can make a run this year in the play. I mean, I think it's about showing a good enough front to where you can like establish something to build upon for next year. I don't. Uh, once you get into a series with Kyrie and Luca, the question becomes is, do you have enough shooting? And this was really the deal last year. The Mavericks did it to get to the Western Conference Finals. Do you have enough shooting to make the variance, like to, to hope for the variance in shooting? And tonight was a good example of that. With three guys, they hit 18 threes, if I'm looking at this correctly. And then they hit 25 as a team. And if you hit 25 as a team, you're going to be hard to beat, even if your defense is terrible. So I, I sort of think it's what they're going for. They Like like all situations, they want to split the difference where they want to build for the future while doing the best they can right now. And, and that's what they're going to try. 
Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested to see how this uh I just gotta this... make it to the end of the season, Christian. This shit is gonna we still got like seventeen games. I'm gonna die. Like it the the, the back and forth yo yo stress is gonna kill me. It's great. It's what sports is for. <laughs> That's what the one thing I'm happy about, I definitely prefer this kind of yo yoing than literally wa- to the first half of the season. Right, watching we know, yeah. Team- yeah, it's it's a very uh, different, you know. It's a completely different kind of horrifying. So, all right, man. Well, thank you so much. You too. Coming up next, my guy, Brent Brooks. Hey, Brent, what's going on? Kirk, I missed the first part of your show. I apologize if I'm being redundant. I wouldn't say, you you know, just in in office-based terms, you know, I I wouldn't say you missed it. it, The show is here. You can say whatever. (laughs) Well, Again, I just I felt like there was some slight difference in the way Kid handled the game. Um, previous uh, gentleman was talking about timeout usage, and that felt different. Uh, it wasn't just uh, sitting on his hands. Did you feel like those timeouts were a little bit better? I mean, he used them. I don't know if it made a difference because in that 17-0 run, he used two, and he was trying stuff. It's just the Mavericks couldn't stop anyone. Like what what you and I have talked about, and what a lot of us have talked about is like the some there's something in the appearance like Luca, like like kid using a challenge on Luca early in the game. There's something in that. Yeah. It wasn't a good challenge. I could see that from the beginning, No, but he trusted his star enough. And like, there's some, there's some give and take there. Like that, that's what we've lacked all year is like, it looks like he's just a bystander to Luca and coaches everybody else. And, and you know, the, it, it has to be a mm-hmm. reciprocal relationship. There's nothing wrong with getting on to Luca, generally speaking. No. Like, he needs it. And Luca was great tonight. Was. And Kyrie was great tonight. And this is your prototypical new look Mavericks win. But where was it? I read the stat. This was a franchise tying high in three pointers made. Is that right? That's right. 25. I mean, even with that. Uh, look where we were, uh, you know, within four with that Philly run. So, you know, the defense is still extremely porous. Uh, I'm glad that the win occurred, but I don't think we can say that the team has turned a corner, oh, but no, it is certainly no. the start of something potentially. So I don't see you weren't on Twitter last year, which is a very good thing because Twitter is a disaster. But Josh Bowe made this flow chart during the playoffs last year, and it said, did the Mavericks hit their threes? And underneath, yes, it said the Mavericks won and looked like a finals tender uh, contender. And under no, it says the Mavericks lost and looked like a lottery team. Josh has updated that flowchart to say, did Luca and Kyrie score at least 40 points each? <laughs> with the exact same <laughs> stuff underneath. And it's just, it's killing me. Um, yeah. I think if you were to put, I'm going to make a DC Comics reference here, but if you were to put Wonder Woman's magic lasso around the front office, they wouldn't say that they are really gunning for a championship now. This is this feels like if they are able to re-sign Irving, their first step in a, at least a two-step process. I feel like we're at least two players away, Absolutely. and maybe they look they look at those those two remaining picks, twenty five, twenty seven. And maybe something else, like what can we parlay some assets for so that we can have, you know, a newly constituted big three going into next year. And maybe we look back on it and go for all the consternation. This winds up being the transition year we thought it was going to be. I think there's something to that. Yeah. 
So it's one of those things where you just enjoy the moments. But I, and I would love to be proven wrong as much as you. I know you would too in terms of how far the team can go. Yeah. And we certainly got surprised last year. But last year had a much different feel because they knew who they were, and there was much more as such as it was. It's weird to say more depth, but there was more depth last year. Yep. And we are going to see meaningful Justin Holiday minutes in the playoffs. And if that doesn't frighten you, I don't know what will. <laughs> Maybe so, man. Maybe so. Uh, I'm going to let somebody else get up here, man. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, Sonic. Long time. What's up, bud? Hit that unmute button. Tell us what you got. Found the unmute button. Still can't hear you. Steps in the right direction. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, all right, I'm punch you, and then uh, we'll invite you back up here in a little bit. Let's go with David. Hey, David. Hey, how you doing tonight, Kurt? I am all right. What you thinking tonight? Uh, man, uh, you know, love the wind, uh, especially with that storm blowing in in North Texas. That it was an interesting night. Um, that, that was wild. Just, yeah, it was crazy. I'm just glad that the uh, that I, I kept powering up to, to watch this win. Um, but, uh, so I had a few thoughts, uh, just to just keep it fun and light. Um, is Luca coach tampering? I saw him joking with, uh, I think it was Dan Burke on the, on the side of the, uh, 76ers. And I just had this like thought maybe, you know, maybe he's like coach hunting. <laughs> well, he, you know, he, I think he loves the talk. I really do. <laughs> you got to invite him on the show then uh, at some point. Just get him on. Well, I think he likes to talk to people about something that's not recorded. Like putting, like, the oh. only thing he's <laughs> ever really said that was interesting in front of a mic was when he was talking to JJ Barea. I'm JJ Barea. Uh, JJ Reddick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good interview. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, you know, somebody mentioned early, like, the, like watching the King series uh, back in the day. Uh, I, I remember those were just like brutal. That's when I was first becoming a fan. And, you know, so a thought that I had tonight was we haven't seen a, a point guard like this uh, in Kyrie since probably Steve Nash. Um, back when he was, you know, still relatively young for us. And I just wanted, wanted to get your thoughts on that because of like the passing and then like the, the pull-up three that Nash used to do. Uh, sure. I know granted they're very different in like how they, they handle the ball and everything, but just the ability to, to find those creases. I mean, the, the quickness and the, like the change of direction and speed, I, I certainly, certainly see it. I think that, that, you know, kid. By the time kid came back, he was much more methodical, uh, and that worked with what the Mavericks mm-hmm. needed. But this this sort of combination of like, I mean, he his movement laterally, it's like watching a cat. Sometimes he's he's really interesting to, to watch play basketball. Yo, yeah, his uh, his handles are just unbelievable, uh, and and the way that he can uh, zip through uh, multiple defenders. And that leads me to like, I just, I, I'm hoping and praying that somebody on the Mavs uh, coaching, uh, you know, and, and some, some assistant coach somewhere, as I have no hope in Jason Kidd right now, uh, you know, get some sort of pick, uh, pick and roll or even like scissor action going between him and uh, Kyrie and Luca. Because I, I think like Luca's little f- like running floater that he does from like, you know, to anywhere from 10 to 15 feet and Kyrie's ability to get to the cup and then both of them have the range. It's like, it's already hard enough to guard them ISO 
but to be running Luke, like trying to run through a Lucas screen has got to be tough. So sure. I just like, I don't know why they haven't gone to that. It's We've an instant it, switch. Like, and I've times. not really been given a good enough explanation as to why they don't do it more other than the fact that, Oh, that's what teams will do. They'll switch instantly. So your action that you're trying to run won't be as, and I'm just like, you get the wrong guy switched on to Luca or Kyrie. It's, it's time. It, you know, it's good night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, you know, you know, if, or again, if they want to, you know, keep Dwight in there to, to do the, uh, to do the high mm-hmm. screen uh, first, like they could still work a, a dual action off that, yep. you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but love the win tonight and uh, just uh, hope everyone stayed safe in North Texas and, and uh, wherever people are watching and uh, yeah, go Mavs. I just, you know, I, I was at the last two games, so I'm glad I wasn't there and I'm trying like hell to sell my tickets to Sunday. So that way I can't jinx us again. <laughs> I understand, man. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. All right. Let's try Sonic again. Sometimes the app uh, gets a little funky if you switch in and out. Hey, can you hear me now? There we are. What's up? Awesome. Well, okay. So I have to admit, I'm a little, actually, I love the win tonight. That was great. Ding was awesome. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Go ahead. Okay. The app stopped flashing at me. But I will say, um, I'm, I've just been pissed off about the way the discourse with Jason Kidd has been happening in the in the media and and with the fans. And I don't want to sound like a Jason Kidd apologist because I'm all for criticizing him. He needs some criticism, but I feel like everybody's straw manning this. I'm like, <clears throat> my thinking is, um, and I'll ask you this, just just an honest answer. Did last off season when they're in the playoffs? If I'm misremembering or did was not the major talking point, everybody was saying that Jason Kidd out coached Monty Williams and to win that game that no one thought they were gonna that series that no one thought they were gonna win, an unprecedented, you know, series that really becomes a landmark series for Luka Doncic. So did they not was that not the narrative that people were saying that he out coached one of the best coaches? I in remember the that, but can anybody point to me as to what he did? Okay. I mean, other than just the the, the scenes where they're Luka out to... in an effective way that series because Luca got torched. Yeah. And, he did. And he that, did. That, you know that's there's that's not nothing. Yeah, and uh, the all those the the huge memorable scenes where he is calling out defensive plays like through the whole play. Sure. With, so with what, what you're describing is coaching, and he hasn't done yeah. that this year. Yeah. Okay, so so I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to steal man the argument as to why he hasn't done that this year. That's what I'm pissed off about. What? That I don't know, and that's what I okay, thought. Okay, but he, he didn't do this in the regular season either. He he, it, it's like he and there's an argument to be made that a coach only has so many bullets that they can use because it's a long season. You don't want to piss off your players. You don't want them to tune you out. And I can see that. Sure. And like tonight, that's why I thought tonight was nice because I felt like he was a little active. Sure, sure. Well, I, I, here's what I want to do. I want to follow the evidence, right? We and you had this conversation, I don't know how long ago, it's been, I think it was last season, where I I posed the question, just from my observation, that the 2011 season may not have been Carlisle that won us the thing, but actually Jason Kidd leading the offense and being essentially the on-court coach, right? That was, and, and you said that was not an original thought. That was something that people were talking about, you know, way back then. My whole point, the, the, the evidence that I see, is that, 
Kid does not. He he is. He thinks of Carlisle's way of coaching as an anathema. He totally hates that kind of micromanagement coaching, right? I the view. I think the the big view that I think he takes that I don't think I've heard anybody talk about is that coach that that he thinks coaching is a very marginal effect on a team overall, like ten percent effect, or whatever. And he can only any coach and, and the best Phil Jackson can only use what he has available to him to work with to then amplify that little bit over the edge to, to a championship win. And that whole quote about, you know, I'm just a bystander, I'm watching, he qualifies that, that comment that everybody's upset about with, if you want to win a championship. He framed the argument. Do you like baseball at all? Yeah, I enjoy so, baseball for a while since I watched it. I had a friend of mine who's a big St. Louis Cardinals fan pitch me this the other day, that Jason Kidd is very similar to Tony La Russa, who is kind of a wackadoo, mm-hmm. but a very effective manager. And you can mm-hmm. get away with this stuff if you are a championship coach yourself. Right. Kidd's failed in two other places. Failed, like, drastically. So it, it's sure. like the the – and I, you know, like Jeff Skin Wade said that to me a couple nights ago, where he's like, "Well, it's like, well, what if Phil Jackson?" It's like, are we really comparing Jason Kidd to Phil Jackson? Okay, but here, here's my here's my rebuttal to that. Right, you you expect Coach Kidd to act differently if he if he really thinks he's going to lose his job, and he wouldn't act like a championship coach if he thought, "Oh, I've got to prove myself." Right, but if he's coming into a place where he's already loved Dirk, you know, probably was heavily involved in getting him here. We know. Cuban likes him. I don't think he believes. I think he's in a position because of his relationship with the Mavs, because he won a championship with the Mavs, the only championship we have. He believes, at least, that he can act that way, even if he's not. You are 100% correct. And that is what I actually have the problem with more than anything. Because it's it's a a media job. It is a fan job. Uh to a certain extent, to hold people accountable. So when we said we sure. think he's going to be fired, I also right. know he's not going to be fired. You know? Yes, and I, I totally agree. Okay, I totally agree. But here's okay, to the next step, the next piece of evidence, right? He's dealing with what he has in, in players, and he's dealing with a superstar player, a player that all of us are complaining about how Luca complains to the refs. All of us are complaining about how Luca, you know, isn't coming in shape, right? And he, we, we saw, we saw just two, like last game, Luca's response to Rick Carlisle, when he like, you know, does the whole timeout thing to Rick Carlisle on the sidelines, it became very obvious. Luca hated playing under Rick Carlisle because of the kind of coach he was. So, uh, kids now in a position, how do I coach this guy, right? My whole, I think, this is, this is what I think. No one's, I haven't heard anybody say this. I think Kid is taking the approach of, I'm going to, I have to force them, my goal is to get a championship. I have to force this team to become something that can become a championship team. The only way that I can do that, like one, one way of doing that is, is like Kid, uh, Carlisle did it. I can um, be just this blast furnace that as soon as you make a mistake, you're out of the game, that micromanaging kind of style. Kid, I think, has to put the fire to these guys, but he can't do it the same way. So he says, is, you know what, screw it. I will let every single one of you fail and lose your opportunity to even get into the playoffs. I'm going to make, I'm going to bruise, let you bruise your own ego so badly that you will be ashamed of the performance that you gave until you're ready to play like I want you to play. 
And that explains so many of the actions that he's taken with Christian Wood, with Josh Green, with with yes, everybody. That's sociopath behavior. Sure, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say sociopath behavior. It's it's just a look. If you want to fail, if you want, I know how to win. I just want you to do but it my he way. He doesn't know I how to win. To, like I, I read I mean, the comments of a Mads Moneyball article the other day, and someone said, hold on, hold on. In what context? Wait, 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 wait. In what context do you think he doesn't know how to win? As as a coach, as I mean, maybe coach, I agree with you. He has no idea how to win as a coach. But he knows how to win as a player. That's my point. He knows how to win as a player. I mean, I guess he I knows how to win. He knows how to win as a player, and and I think his biggest criticism of coaches as a as a part of the game is they got in the they get in the way of yes. players being able to do it more so than actually helping. Okay, if you put all those pieces together, he's treating the regular season as like I think someone said he's treating the whole regular season like a preseason, right? Yeah. He's he's okay. Several layers of this are all going on at the same time, and I, there's there's stuff to this, but. I think that's the big overarching thing. Like he doesn't care how badly they do in the regular season. His goal is to get them to a championship. And the only way to do that is to get them to play like he needs them to play. So he has something to work with to start doing the coaching things that get them that 10% over the, you know, over the hump. And then, and then everything else he's doing is experimenting the stuff with like, okay, everyone's saying like, why does he play holiday over green? He played Holly over Green two games, started him, played more minutes, because he's down to see what Green is. And he's, he's done that pretty consistently, too. I think these weird, why does he play these lineups? Why did, he's, he's a pretty obvious, like, experimenter to see what he can, you know, squeeze out of people yeah, but when he has to make those choices. And he's using the regular season as essentially a, I'm willing to fail to see what we've got. So, so there have been, in terms of winning a championship, Go back and look at the last team to win a championship that wasn't a top three seed. It's been a long, long time. The Mavericks, simply sure. put, are not good enough to do a lot of that. Sure, that's sure, actually sure. part of the beef. For it's and and sure, that's where like I I I think your argument is compelling because I I think you're probably but, right about what he wants, but that's not what this team can actually do. And that's okay, yeah, he but, has some responsibility. But, but that's where you're also making the assumption when you're looking at this that Jason Kidd is only thinking of it in terms of this season. I think he's thinking of it in terms of five seasons. What is Luca's what is Luca's time frame? I've got to get a championship for Luca in the time frame I have with him, and he's willing to to, to do whatever he needs to do, get whatever kind of record and, and whatever however many seasons until he has the product that he needs to get them the championship. I, I don't think that's an unreasonable perspective. Yet nobody's trying to argue, like take like try to. Steel man, the, the actions that Jason Kidd is taking for like a reasonable, you know, reasonable take. Because honestly, the, all the stuff about him being an idiot, him not knowing how to, t- you know, timeouts. I've seen him do it in the playoffs. Like I, I, I don't think that half the. I think most of the criticism that we're seeing, and from the fan base, you know, that's the fan base. From media, from from people who are much more in the know, I'm just like the straw manning kind of arguments of. The easy, you know, shots at him, I think, are just us not being able to look past the end of our nose and just, you know, pushing our, bi- you know, biases against the kid to to make those arguments. They're not we're not actually trying to rationalize what it is he's doing to then give him actual criticism that he does deserve, and that pisses me off. 
So I, I understand. I just, you know, I urge you if you haven't, go read Miran Fader's book and you'll watch uh-huh. the stuff that he did with the Bucks and you will see that sure. he's doing the exact same thing here. And that Bucks team that he left that they fired him from won 60 games right. the year after. Sure. I just, I'm saying I wouldn't expect him to do anything different if these are the philosophies of coaching that he's bringing to a team. Well, I, and, I think, like, in terms of the safety net, you're you're right. Like, they're not, like, Jason Kidd is going to be with us until, like, 2045 because Cuban can't right. move on. Like, he should have moved on from Carlisle probably before Luca even came in. Like, a new, and, and sure. it, if not then, by the end of the first year where they – you know, where there, it was very clear it didn't work in hindsight from what all the right. reporting says. It's like, why would you stick with something that wasn't working? So Right. And there are some things back with those Bucks teams that I've heard, that I've read, that I'm like, and, and to be honest, like some of the mind game stuff, some of the, okay, we're going to practice on Christmas Day as a punitive, you know, action because yeah, they didn't do that anymore. Thank God. But see, that's that's kind of my whole point. I think he he's learned some stuff, but he still has this overall philosophy of how he's coaching, and he's actually landed a job where the the organization is going to let him try out his philosophy of coaching. Well, and, and, and to me, I find that insane when you have one of the best players of a generation who will be able to sure. who will be able to issue and dictate his path a lot earlier than most fans understand because in the Dallas market, we have never had to deal with the the phrase player empowerment because over the last 15 years, well, 2011, we haven't really had a superstar that was mercurial that could force his way out because it really only applies to like 15 to 20 guys. And uh-huh. We're really talking about next se- like next season and the one after that. That's about all Dallas right. has. Yeah, and you're you're right. I mean, so it it, t- it really that becomes a whole different discussion about the, the issues with the organization and in Luca in particular. I personally am not as worried about that with Luca in particular because I I don't know my my vibe my impression of Luca is that he's more in the vein of, of like Giannis and Dirk who's like wants to take the hard road and it seems like overseas players do tend to be more loyal than we've strangely. never seen an overseas player demand a trade. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a bit like a big time one. That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I'm not as worried with just in terms of Luca. I think I am worried about the way Mark Cuban and the, the other parts of the you know front office deal with stuff, but I don't know. I just wanted to actually, get this conversation or this argument, I guess, into the conversation because I don't hear it anywhere. And I'm like, well, it deserves to be brought up. I mean, I hear very little kid criticism, period, because of not only what you're talking about, but also the fact that the local media doesn't really want to push too hard. I mean, the day after sure. he made those comments, Callie Kaplan wrote a piece where it's because kid never actually said Luca's name. And then the no, next he day, he actually said, yeah, I'm talking about Luca." To his credit, he basically said, you know, he said it out loud. There's yeah. no mincing words. That was one of the things that I had a little bit of a challenge with. And sure. Callie Kaplan talked to Kid where he said, well, Kid says, I have this kind of relationship with Luca where I can say these things to him. Okay. Right. We have to take him at face value well, with that. I don't believe him. Sure. I don't believe yeah. him one tick. But I at least appreciate the fact that he's willing to go and step up and say the, the, that sort of thing. Now, right. the kid conversation, like, I understand he's not going anywhere, but I, I will yeah. continue to be frustrated by the comment. We're a young team where it's sure. like, like the, the sort of like there, the, the moment he takes responsibility for something that's underneath his banner as a coach will mm-hmm. be the first time. 
which that is absolutely a valid criticism. I'm on board with you 100%. As far as, like, the rest of the media, like, the Locked On Mavs guys and, like, 105.3 The Fan, like, no, no one else who's, like, you say that there's not a lot of criticism of, of Kid, but mostly I just hear, like, the same kind of blah talking points. Nobody's nobody's also praising him hugely. There's still comments, of, like, negatives about how he calls timeouts and his rotations and what is he doing, but it's mostly very milk toast kind of stuff. You know, it's the criticism could be there, but then they're not also singing his praises. I'm just saying, like, if we're going to have this conversation, it, it would be nice to see some real like let's steel man the arguments let's let's look at you know take a serious like a much more hard look on both you know both sides of what an argument should be and i wish there was i wish there was some other you know media outlet that was you well, know your counter like nick nick angstow was the one who asked kid the question you know why why didn't you take yeah. time out during the collapse and his answer was in you know i I just, I really wish he wouldn't have said the thing about I'm not a savior because that, that, you yeah. know, Mark Folliwell and Brian Damaris talked about the set, you know, the other part that right. you're very interested in about Luca taking responsibility. Whereas I got very mm-hmm. hung up on the second half of the statement because it looked like excuse making. And sure. And it's, it's a horrible, horrible soundbite. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. It was so bad that the Mavericks did not include that whole thing in the post game quotes thing they send out. Like they knew it sucked. <laughs> Yeah, I know. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming up. I appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. I'll try to be on more. Good one. If I remember correctly, the Sonic was a guy I could not get. Uh, He couldn't join the chat for a long time. Harold, what's happening? All right, Harold, come back up here in a second. We'll move on to the next guy. Brandon, what's up? One more time. Hit the unmute button. Getting some bad luck tonight. It's okay. The app's getting a little buggy. Don't like that. Okay, let's go to Harold again. Let's try it again. Kurt, can you hear me? There we go. What's up? Well, you know, a lot of times people don't disparage the last speaker, but I, I got to say that that was some of the dumb stuff I've ever heard. Oh, in my life. I don't mind the thought because like the fact that kids job <laughs> responsibility, like there's really something to the argument that kid is doing something long-term because he has the security. Now that he has the security, I think is something that would drive all of us crazy. Cause it's just like of your available problems with the Mavericks, the coach is the easiest is the easiest one to change. Yeah, and, and that, that one comment he made about that, I mean, that, that could be true, but a lot of the other stuff he said about, you know, he, he made it sound like Jason Kidd is smarter than all of us somehow. And, well, I mean, he might you know, be with basketball, but that doesn't mean he can coach. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the thought that he treats the regular season like some kind of a laboratory and, you know, the real coach Jason Kidd will appear in the playoffs, you know, that, that all sounds like I some hope consp- so. Let's get to the playoffs first. Right, right. And, like, you know, are we, like, to believe that he knows more than other coaches who happen to love home court advantage in the playoffs, you know? And the kid, the genius, though, he's smarter than them as as he is, like, currently, I guess the Mavericks are right now, I think, seventh or in in the play-in tournament. And, uh, you know, one little two-week injury to Luka could knock us out of the playoffs completely. (laughs) You're not wrong. 
Yeah. So, you know, let me just, I just wanted to say that Jason Kidd is not the genius that the, the last guy made him out to be. And believe me, we're, we're like right now on the verge of falling out of the playoffs. So, no, not good. Regular season is important. That's all I got. Well, man. yeah, that, that, that was actually kind of, if that's one area where it's like kid may feel that way. And I think there's probably something to the argument, but the, the regular season is too important to throw away games like Dallas has. Absolutely. How, how many five through eight seeds have won the championship? He's talking about winning championships and be, it doesn't happen. You gotta be a top three team, basically. Absolutely. Home court advantage needed. So what else do you think? All right. Nah, you know, nothing else. You know that I've been pretty, I've been pretty quiet lately. Cause I've just been so, I've been so down bad after the heel injury. Luca had looked pretty bad for about a month and this was as good as I've seen him in a long time. Yeah, that that's true. Um, and I, I think he's a little bit motivated from, I think he's starting to hear some criticism. I don't know if you heard Reggie Miller tonight. He did mention that Luca has lost a little bit of the shape that he had in the, in the earlier in the year. So he mentioned that I'm glad he said that. So yeah. um, I think Luca is a little bit more motivated on defense, but I mean, dude, I'm like, feel like I'm like the only one on here who says that he, he, he just, he's got to get in a little bit better shape. You know, every freaking year around this time of the year, he does seem to kind of turn a corner and start to get in better shape again. This year he started in good shape and then he lost some shape. So we can just get him, you know, lose about 10 pounds. And with Kyrie, the offense is going to be humming. Hopefully the defense will come around. Um, yeah, we'll see. But I mean, I'm I've been down on them, and uh, I don't know. Maybe Jason Kidd will surprise us. So and we'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll go far in the playoffs. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna remind me. I'm I'm gonna look for if a video tomorrow that I watched that talked a little bit about the in shape Luca thing. The one thing that I do think will hopefully he'll hear more is I think we're just through through four and a half years now. I think the whinging, the complaining to the refs has has become yeah. his reputation amongst casual fans and that i said this to josh bow on our post game show shaking that is going to take is going to take years and that's pretty unfortunate because if you think of him as a whiner then you're missing out parts of his game that are incredible but you have like there's some credence to the fact it's just like man stop chirping at the wrong at the refs like we get it I, and and that that part I think is is frustrating to me because I really like watching him and I think I've just grown to the point now where I ignore the complaining. But from somebody that that tunes in every third game, it's disappointing to see. Yeah, and and I you know I, I'm more about the the being in shape thing as opposed to the refs because I I really think that the less in shape he is, he's a, just one step slower. So he, he doesn't quite jump as high. So he, his shot gets blocked some more. So then he complains to the refs saying he got fouled. Well, you, I mean, you can make you the know? argument the two things are kind of like in, linked to a degree where it's a he want, yeah, because oh. he's not in great shape, he complains more. Definitely. Sure. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think he's, he's a little bit more tired when he's heavier. When he's a little bit more tired, then he throws his head down a little bit more because exhaustion, you know, cre- it's just like uh, Vince Lombardi used to say, uh, was it? Uh, exhaustion or something that creates cowards out of you and me or something like that. Yeah. 
you know, he he'll he becomes he drops his head a lot more when he's a little bit fatter. He, he just simply does. <laughs> and and uh, he he's, he gets he supposedly gets fouled a lot more when he's a little bit slower. He, and he just puts his head down. It's very frustrating. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know, I really believe that he could be the greatest basketball player ever if he got in really good shape. And I'm just, you know, I've heard people, you know, bring up things like, uh, well, he's got that, you know, chubby European body and all that. Well, look, there's a lot of other Europeans that are in shape. Goran Dragic is in in great shape. He doesn't have the same body type as Luka. I understand that. But I would just like a little less body fat on the guy, for Pete's sake. And I think he'd start to complain a little bit less magically as he's scoring 35 points per game, 10 rebounds and nine assists and playing better defense. It'll just, it'll just come that way. I hope so, man. Thanks for joining. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Let's see who else we got. Let's go back to my guy, Brandon again. Brandon, what's up? Yes, sir. Kirk, second time's a charm. That's right. Thanks for joining. That's right. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, winning cures all ills. Uh, it was a, it wasn't a good, to me, it wasn't a very good win. Uh, I'm looking at the box score as always, and both teams had a combined 10 offensive rebounds. And I'm like, man, that's, that's different. Dallas matched offensive rebounds from last game. They had five last game and then five this game. So I'm like, uh, yeah, it's typical mass basketball for you. But um, to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Noel for the simple fact that they tried it once, it didn't work out. They tried to go after him again. I think he went to another team. You know, he didn't really want Dallas, and now they're trying. You know, this would be the third time they try to bring him back. And I'm like, uh, you know, kind of based off of off of history uh, from being with the Mavs, where he didn't play much. Kind of to me would be, you know, uh, they were. It'll be the same thing again. Uh, not a lot of contribution. So um, Dallas is in a position like always uh, where there's not a lot of cap space. And, you know, when they go into free agency, it's not a lot of talent they can get. So until they learn to develop players and, and draft, you know, it's going to be a revolving door at least. Well, I understand that, man. I, I really do. I, I don't think the Noel thing is a real thing anyways. And I, I, six years it's been six years and he's a different player he's older he used to be a mobile big and he still might be a to a degree but six years is still passed so what else you got not much man i just hope that uh you know they get another win it's it's, it's down to crunch time and they can't lose a lot of they can't lose a lot of games uh i did like the way josh green played tonight i mean he, he put a lot of energy out there and uh you know i was surprised to see reggie you know put the ball on the floor so um, if anything, if kid do, did do anything, he did get <laughs> Reggie to take one or two dribbles. So you know that's that's a little bit of a change. But yeah, I'm just hoping that they get a next win, man. Uh, take care, Kurt. Thanks. Talk soon. All right, let's go to Adam. Hey, Adam, what's up? Hey, Kirk. Uh, interested in your thoughts about a couple of topics. Uh, so the Jason Kidd conversation was interesting to me. I've always viewed Jason Kidd as not a bad coach. I, I think he's just clearly the wrong coach for this team. He's, he's like a bridge coach. He's, he's Mark Jackson to me. Mark Jackson, you know, had a lot of good traits for that early Warriors team. He really, you know, empowered his players, kind of making them feel like, you know, they could be great one day. You know, he, he did a lot for, for Steph and Clay um, in those early formative years of their career. 
I think the same thing can be said about Jason Kidd with Giannis. You know, Giannis came over from overseas, was a you know mid first round draft sure. pick. He he really changed his mindset to the to the John Giannis that we have today. Now, Jason Kidd clearly isn't a strategic coach. He's not an X's and O's coach, but I mean he he connects with with superstars or at least young superstars. And you and you see, and I will give him credit more so than other coaches. He is, he's not deceptive when he talks. He's, you know, and, and definitely not opaque about how he feels about things. You know, he told you he is approaching this team as, as if it's a young team, just because he views, you know, just because, you know, just because Luca's 23, right. And he doesn't realize this is probably one of the older teams in the league. And his approach just doesn't match with the personnel that the, the Mavericks have. I am, I'm just, I'm out on him. I'm, I, I'm, you know. I, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him, you know, I, I think if he was coaching the Orlando Magic, he'd be pretty good. But he's but only with like, the players certain that he things. connects with. And this is kind of the problem with, with certain guys where it's just like we've seen the way he's treated Wood, and I don't necessarily disagree with elements of it, but I, is he, is he going to get the best out of the top eight guys? And I don't know. I, I, I think there's something to the fact that, like, I think maybe we put a little bit too much of an emphasis on coaching. I, 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 I thought that was an interesting point, but it yeah. still, it still matters. And I think every, it, you know, somebody said this to me after, you know, two days of discussions. The only thing that ultimately matters is if Luka Doncic still tunes into Jason Kidd. That's what matters. When, 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 uh, when he got, fired by the Bucks, it was because Chris Middleton forced their hand. Pretty positive about that one. Don't know if that's reported anywhere, but talk to enough people because it's been so long that that's what happened. Um, and until, you know, so in that simple regard, Luke, he will stay head coach for as long as Luca wants him to be the head coach. Yeah. I mean, Mark Jackson had an issue with, Draymond Green, not really, de- you know, developing him, you know, that, that was issue. I, I, I think, I think you see a lot of parallels between the 76ers and the, and the Mavericks. I mean, if you think about it, like the Mavericks are a year behind the development of the Sixers. They both have a difficult decision to make this year with, uh, you know, this upcoming season with, with, uh, with, with the extensions sure. for Kyrie and Harden. But, you know, li- literally like they both, they both view themselves as championship contenders. I don't think either are, you know, I might get some criticism for that, but they're, they're just, you know, it's, there's, they have similar coaches. I mean, I think, I think Jason Kidd is trying to become Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is able to do what he does. And he have he has his foibles about not playing young players and, you know, being too attached to guys that have played for him, even, you know, beyond their shelf life. He has a lot of things that people dislike, but because he has that one title with the Celtics, you know, people allow him to just continue to be Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers thinks of himself as as Greg Popovich. You know, he's he's made comments right. like publicly, and I mean, and, and and the two teams, I mean, they're a roller coaster, right? They don't play that much different, you know, sometimes night to night between a win and a loss, but a win gets fans feeling like they're in Nirvana and, and they're on the ledge if they're losing, you know, and it's, there's a, there's so many qualifiers that, that, that are required just to win. I mean, Maxi has to score 20, 25 a night for Philadelphia to feel comfortable. Even if, 
Harden's giving you 25 and 12 and Embiid's scoring 36. You have a similar thing kind of, you know, with the Mavericks, right? It's, it's, it's definitely not sustainable for both Luca and, and Kyrie to both score 40. But you would hope that, you know, if they were both, you know, contributing 60 points, that you would be able to kind of get 50 to 60 from the bench and from the rest of the starters. And that's just not something that you can really depend on at, at this point. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you much. Appreciate you hanging out. You got anything else? Okay. Um, just really quick, has your mindset over these last eight games changed about, you know, as you, how you approach the game as a fan in terms of the ceiling for this Mavericks team? Oh, that's a good question. I think that my ceiling, like I I've readjusted what I wanted for them to do because I thought with the team that they had, they had a path to a, to a four seed. Now they might not have been as like good in terms of talent, but I thought they had a path to playing a certain way. Now that they don't have the de- defensive guys at all uh, outside of like Maxi Kleba, I'm very hopeful to just stay out, out of the play in. And then, you know, it's kind of come what may for the playoffs game to game. I mean, this is a six straight game. The Mavericks have given up 60 points or more in the paint. Like I, 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 I can, I'm, you know, uh, it, it, not, not to say like, it's the Michael Scott gif. I, I'm no doubt about it. I'm ready to be hurt again. Every time I turn on the television, I, the, the fact they collapsed from a 25 point lead tonight was hilarious. Um, I, I used to get so mad at that stuff, but now it's just like, I'm trying my best to be like, all right, it's got to make it through this season and then see what pieces they can add because the, the defensive and the like, they just don't have defenders. And they, if you're going to have Luca and Kyrie, you have to have more defenders. Yeah. I mean, I think like if, if I'm thinking on like how cute you know, in, in Cuban's mindset, I think he know, he knows this isn't a championship team, yeah. but listen, the, the silver lining is the Mavericks are probably a top three, top five, you know, league pass team right now, you know, with, with Kyrie and Luca. Sure. I mean, you know, if, if they, if, if they resign Kyrie next year, yeah, they're going to, they're going to, you know, amongst like the top three or four teams, they're going to get the most national televised games. They're just fun to watch. Right. And they're going to, you know, the games are going to be packed. They're going to sell more merchandise. I think, I think that's what Cuban's probably thinking about. Right. Like I can defer whatever 40 minutes. It is good for business. Ticket prices are off the charts. Our clicks and downloads are up. It is nuts. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it, I think that's what it is. The one thing I was kind of thinking, you know, sorry to go a little long was interest. What was interesting if it would have happened is if like Seth Curry would have been, you know, bought out this year by the Nets. Yeah. I, I think that, that, that additional consistent, like reliable three point shooter, obviously Seth Curry is often injured. You know, that's a consideration, but you know, like to, to, to get more of these nights where you are, where you're, you're averaging 20 point, 23 pointers a game. I think that makes a big difference between wins and losses, especially when kind of the, the margin for defeat and victory seems yeah. to be so, so slim with this offense. That's good stuff, man. Thanks for hanging out. Adam peaced out. Nav, what you got, guy? Welcome. Hey, thanks. Um, I'll try and keep it short. You've been dealing with a lot for an hour and a half. No, it's fine. I'm having fun. Uh, it's much more okay. fun after a win. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm more relieved than happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, there's nightmares scenarios coming in when the 25-point lead was dwindling. 
Um, I thought a couple things I thought were interesting. Every starter had a positive plus minus, and every bench player was negative plus minus. I thought that was kind of interesting for us. Yeah, it was mainly that stretch in the to start the fourth quarter where everything went sideways. Yeah, yeah, and then free throws again. That was frustrating. That's like I think you know same thing with the Pacers loss. You know where we're shooting like sixty something percent on free throws. That that's been a problem all year. Um, didn't love that. Did like Josh Green finally getting big minutes, not just starting but playing like thirty minutes, and then. Yep. And then a holiday going to like 10 or 11, I feel like that's good for. Yeah, for his soaking role. up minutes as opposed to playing meaningful right. minutes. Yeah, for sure. I would have liked to see Josh uh, be a little bit more aggressive on offense. I think he only took like three shots, but um, love that he got to play 30 plus minutes and he was really good and good connector, I think, for the team tonight. Um, yep. The, the um, one thing uh, I was going to talk about with like Jason Kidd. Um, had a, so remember we hired Igor. I can't pronounce his last name. Korkoskov. Um, took me a while to figure yeah. out too. The Slovenians kill me for this sort right. of stuff because I'm terrible at it. It's <laughs> got to be like a palate thing that my mouth just can't make these sounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm. I like what happened to him. Um, right? Do we have? He's he went to like, the Nets. Have and I have. I don't want to say anything. Will get me in trouble. I will simply say that I think he decided to seek an opportunity okay. elsewhere. Right. I feel like that's, that's a reflection on Jason Kidd. And I don't know. I feel like there's, there are things going on behind the scenes that we are not privy to. Yes. And, all right. And, and from, you know, from the outside looking in, it doesn't make any sense. And what that other guy said, Sonic or whatever he was talking about, even I felt like his argument, I understood everything he was saying and I don't know if it's true, but even if it was true, I feel like that's the stupidest thing to like let that happen and just throw. If away they were games. a better team, it would make more sense. But they're so devoid right. of talent that screwing around with stuff yes. has resulted in losses. Yeah, a lot of losses. Like I, more like than last many, year, they losses? they have t- yeah. tied last year's loss total. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been really frustrating. That's kind of how I feel like the the story of the season for me has just been like like unreached potential i feel like that's part of the reason why there seems to be a lot of frustration is like you're watching the team you you as fans we see what it could be right and then it's just not materializing on the court and i my perspective is i'm blaming the coach with the rotations we're doing the minutes we're doing like the mind games playing with, you know, Christian Wood, not playing our best minutes, our best players, the most minutes together. Like, it's just, it's been really hard to just watch. And, you know, it's like one thing if you're watching a team that, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, we're not expected to do a lot. Or like, yeah, sure. they're playing, their, you know, their hearts out, whatever. But I think we know that the team can be better as currently constructed despite all the flaws. And it's hard just to sit here you know, watch and be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I'm sitting on sidelines. I don't know anything, but I know I should play Josh Green a lot of minutes over yep. this other guy who wasn't. Like, we've got team. enough sample now. Like, he wasn't right. on the team because he hurt himself. And it was so evident that they needed him. And then he came came back and things looked better. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And um, are you okay if I talk about other people's uh, podcasts? Of course. Them? I always like sharing other stuff. I don't mind. 
I'm friends with, I'm friends uh, with everybody in most cases. Okay. So I listened to Nick Angstead's solo pod the other day. Good show. Uh, I did too. That, that was my favorite show I think they've done all season. And I would encourage everyone to go listen to it. Which episode was it? They record a lot of stuff. <laughs> it wasn't the one that came out today. It was the one that came out yesterday okay. on the off day. Um, he was by himself. And it was kind of funny. He was drinking um, while he was... Uh, while he was podcasting, but it was like he he went through. If you hadn't haven't had a chance to listen to it, he went through and explained the problems of the team. And his theory was there's no leadership anywhere. And he he, he kind of pins it on Luca, and I I think he I think he's right. Yeah, yeah, and and like Jason Kidd, you know, already told us he's not a leader. Yeah, you know, like he received, so that's clear. And and I think that's what makes it so frustrating when you're looking at what the role of a coach is, right? Where it's like okay. You don't have to necessarily be a leader. There's leaders on the team, right? There's guys that are the heart and soul. There's guys that are leadership roles. But like, at least at least those coaches that aren't leaders or heart and soul guys, at least they're like X's and O's guys, right? Right? At least they, you know, they have some kind of strategy. Like, I'm confused as to what he actually does, other than maybe not be a hard ass so players don't get mad at him. Sure. Well, right, the, so. the leadership element of this is something I'm particularly fascinated in because I don't expect Luca to be a leader at this point. I would like it. But to be quite honest, he's still a young man. He's still ex- he's still learning to control his passions. You know, Dirk was not like this, but Dirk was also much quieter and and didn't really, you know, I don't really think Dirk was really a leader until his MVP season. I think there was enough things holding him back, you know, to where it, it took him like, like he, he had such a hero's journey to become the player he became that it, it, it just, it takes a while. And he was, a, he was always a, like, by the time he was a leader, it was very quiet and reserved and different. And I suspect that Luca, once he figures, I, I think, you know, 28, 29 year old Luca will be a very effective motivator and leader. I really do. But it's, he's 24. No, yeah, I agree. I it's just it's frustrating where it's like it not now we're sitting here and it's like, man, I think Nick's right. We don't have a leader. Like that's really I think the biggest problem. We don't have anyone who's like leading the shit. Yep. Yep. Um that one last thing I was gonna try and um I was just I was I was curious. I haven't heard anybody uh, give an explanation. I may have missed it, so I apologize if I have. So all the points in the paint stuff. So we didn't lose any of our bigs in the trade deadline, right? Yep. So was Dorian Finney-Smith's like perimeter defense so good at preventing people from getting into the paint that like that that one guy because I didn't really think he well was... let's be clear like they weren't that much better they they were basically like the twenty third defense in the league overall and then when we traded for Kyrie Irving for a period of games we've been like the twenty eighth defense and it's been enough to where. you know Dorian wasn't, wasn't even having that good of a defensive season but it's like they went from being you know, uh, a bad to being terrible. And, and that's, it's, it's, it, that's been almost unmanageable. Right. Okay. I that's just thought question. it was confusing. Yeah. I was confused because I was like the same guys in the interior that are supposed to be defending the painter there. Right. We didn't lose yep. any of those guys. So. No, but right. you know, it's, it, it puts more of a burden all the way through the chain of defenders and, you know, Powell has somehow gotten worse. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll get off. I appreciate it. Of course. It. Thanks Thank for hanging you. out. I'm going to get to everybody tonight. We we started early. Brian, 
Welcome. Sorry to have you wait so long. I apologize. Thank you for sticking with us. No, you're good, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. No, of course. It's my first time. I'm glad to actually. I've been meaning to for a while. Uh, yeah, man, you saw the other day. I was tweeting. I was standing in my bathroom there, uh, screaming silently. <laughs> you know, listening to you and Josh do the post game. And now we got to win, man. Started from the bottom, and now we are slightly above the bottom. See, John, that's the point of this. It's scream not silently in your bathroom, but scream with friends. Yeah, and I'm pacing around my garage just uh, still kind of ticked off the Jason kids for some things that happened in this game. But <laughs> we got to win. The game was really exciting. Reggie looked super confident. I don't know if anybody had talked about him uh, yet tonight, but, man, there were some of those corner three. He was already going to a shooting motion, like, before the ball was fully in his hand. Like, he was yep. so ready to shoot, and he looked really comfortable. And that was really awesome to see. Kyrie, I don't know who got in his ear. It may have just been him. I know him. He talked about it. He said, I need to do better. I need to be more assertive. Yeah, and in that first quarter, he, man, he got buckets off the dribble. He got buckets off of movement like he did before Luca rejoined the team after his heel injury. He was all over the place, really assertive, really doing what we need them to. So I was super excited to see that. Uh, also excited to see our starting wing, you know, start over a guy that got signed 10 days ago. So that's cool. You know, yeah, it's neat. Happened. Right? <laughs> uh, something that did annoy me, though, that involved Josh, like, I don't know how many shots he took. I know he missed a three because I missed a big chunk uh, of the first half when I was uh, taking shelter from the storm when the wind got really bad. Sure. But in the second half, I think it might have been late in the third quarter, he missed a three that was fairly open. And from that point on, like when he checked back into the game later in the fourth, like midway or early in the fourth, he was so skittish about shooting. And I was like, oh, my God, we're back here again? Yeah. And I, and I think that's got to do with Jason Kidd playing around, running around like he's Pac, experimenting with the starting lineup when you've got to do that's earned it, worked really hard all year to earn his minutes. You jerk him, then you throw him back out there against the Sixers of all teams. He, right? he, he had made play. some turnovers too. I think he was in his own head collectively. Like he started, he was pretty key to things cooking in the first half. And then in the second half, he mm-hmm. particularly in that fourth quarter, he was just a little derpy, um, and that's okay. Yeah, he like like he he caught the ball at one point, and I think it was like on the right wing, and he had an opening to shoot. He just didn't take it, and I was disappointed by that. He did drive and make a really nice pocket pass to Powell, and he got fouled and hit two free throws, so that was nice. But then you got to play later in the fourth, like kind of in crunch time, where he flies in from the left corner, gets that offensive rebound, and is right there, can just put it back, can just have a nice put back dunk. Yeah. And looks, I swear, I swear to God, looks into the rim like Gerald Green, and says, "No, nah, I don't think I'm going to do this." And then comes back down, and then he kicks it out to Reggie in the corner and makes Reggie take like a out of rhythm three. Which that that was that was annoying. Yeah, man, I, I don't know what that Sonic dude was talking about. I'm not I'm not here for Jason Kidd like experimenting and like potentially throwing his guys off because he doesn't care about like end of bench guys and he doesn't really care about the regular season. Like I thought we learned this lesson from Trey Young running around like he was Pac after they beat a fraudulent Knicks team and frankly a fraudulent Sixers team. And then he came back the next year and was talking about, oh the regular season doesn't matter. The yep. regular season is boring. And got his ass spanked all season long. I thought we learned from that. Apparently not. Apparently not. But I, I do 
That's, I will say the more I think about what he had to say, the process of what he's saying makes sense. It's just the Mavericks aren't good enough to do that process. Yeah, the process is cool until you consider literally all of the context right. of how good a Well, I, I mean, shit. Do you remember, you remember the very first game of the very first Jason Kidd like coach team where they they went to Dorian for two straight post-ups. Oh like, my I'm never gonna forget some of the shit they tried because it's just like what well well you know Luca's not using all of his paints. It's like shut up. Luca's also like first team all NBA player four times in a row because he's gonna be at this year too. What are we doing? Man, I remember they went because I think they went to Porzingis first in the post, and I was like, "Sure, okay. he's seven, he he's seven two. The previous season, right? Like uh, in the post, getting moved off his spot and stuff. Let's show a little confidence in him. Let's get him some touches where he likes the ball down there, and let's see if something happens. And he looked solid, all right. And then we do the same thing, and we go to Dorian, and I said, "Oh my God, <laughs> he's a seed. What is he doing? That's right. He's stealing money, but yeah, uh, it, you know." nitpicky stuff like that i'm still I, also thank you for joining uh the hashtag fire kid movement i've had that hashtag in my twitter name literally since november since the pelican boss no i probably can't tweet like i can't tweet much about it but i'm gonna podcast and talk about it because our, po- our podcasts have much like our podcasts have a rent you know we got anywhere from two to five thousand downloads an episode and like i it's much like twitter I'll piss off the wrong Mavs person at the wrong time. And then it's just my inbox, my email. It's like, I don't want to, I'm just a man with an internet following. I don't even claim, like, I don't claim to be media. I don't go to games. I'm a guy with a microphone. It's not hard. Anybody can do it. (sighs) And some of us do. Well, thank you, Brian. I hope you come back. Of course, bro. I'm definitely going to try. Outstanding. Talk soon. All right. We got two more people, Oscar, and then Micah is going to close this out. Oscar, what's happening? How you doing? Just try to find that unmute hey, button. How you doing? Try to find that unmute button. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I'm driving. Sorry about that. So um, I want to comment, uh, make a small comment about uh, kids uh, press conference because what I feel, uh, what I felt there is like he's right. What he's saying is correct. Like Luca needs to grow up. He needs to put his shit, his shit together. He needs to stop eating sneakers, pasta, and pizza, and he needs to start stop bitching about the refs. So, so far, that's that's correct. But the, the problem I have with him is that he's waiting until the end of the game to say it. I mean, I think he has to address it at the moment. Just take them out, look at Luca, and shout at him. Just stop bitching at the refs and focus at, at work. And I don't know if he's scared about that or he's just thinking, uh, uh, playing the turtle game with Luca. Like, no, we will address it after the game. There is no time after the game. And at the moment is the right time to do it. And it's, I really believe it's what he needs because I was watching him when he was 16 in Real Madrid and, and he was having these coaches. He was having this uh, in the timeout. I'm telling you what I think and you put your set together. And he was going out and, and uh, doing things right. So I think he can, it's not that he can handle it, it's that he needs this now. He's, until he does it by himself, he needs this push. And uh, I don't know, kid, uh, I don't like the guy, I, I can say that. The last time I called here, I was calling for, uh, asking for uh, kids and KP out of the team. So we're 50% there. But, uh, but at that point, I think 
he's right. Just not the right time to do it. Not, I don't know if he's scared of Luca or something. Well, thank you, Oscar. I appreciate it. So, Oscar had some rough feedback because I, uh, whenever I was talking, but I do want to address the other say. I, 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 I've seen Luca's clips from when he's like fourteen to eighteen. He has been coached hard his whole life. He came to the NBA, and people are soft with him because I think they're afraid he's going to leave. But that becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. I trust that he. You know what? I don't want to disrespect Luca and compare Luca to how I parent my six, my six year old boy, but I have an, a a stubborn and loud six year old that doesn't listen to anybody about anything. He thinks he knows best. He is just like his father, me. And I'll tell you what I've talked to him about lately is that when you're frustrated and I give you a correction, meaning my son, I tell him. You need to try your best to channel your frustration with hearing what I'm telling you into doing something productive. Happens in sports a lot with him. He gets mad. He makes a play and he's just mad, just like Luca. It's wild. Like, turn around and do something with it. We have seen Luca as a professional athlete turn around um, when he's pissed off and just light things on fire. And that's what I want him to do. Jason Kidd challenges him. Turn around and and do something with it. You know, I, I for some reason he stopped responding to Rick, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, Nathan in the chat asks, "Where's the guy from last season who hated Kid uh, last and wanted Boban playing forty minutes a game?" Our man Kiva stopped by once at a special request. I think he um, he explained this to me, and I don't want to get anything out of context. But his father passed away. And he, with his religion, he's supposed to basically take a year of grieving and not be social. I'm getting this wrong. I, I'm really screwing this up. But that he, he came on and told us about it. And he was like, it was like, I'm taking exception because I know I, I had asked his son-in-law to bring him on. And so we miss Akiva. Hope he's listening to the shows. I think he'll be back next year. Um, all right. But Oscar, I really appreciate that point. I think it's true. Micah? Give Micah a second. Micah's been waiting for like an hour, so he probably does, you know. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Kirk? How's it going? Just still. Right. This is fun. Wins are fun. Like, um, they are fun, um, but yeah. So, as someone said earlier, the lowest seed to win a championship was the 95 Rockets. They won as the sixth seed. That was 30 years ago. <laughs> right. Right. So it was just, it was, yeah, especially there's just, there's, I don't know, it's, it's different. I wouldn't say there's more overall talent. I would just say that there's different kinds of talent. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's just, it was a good win. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't view them as a contender, but they're still fun. I mean, maybe we do. I, I think it's still a stopgap year, but if you if you pretty much have the hard part of the hardest part of having two superstars locked in, and then all you got to do is find ancillary pieces, then I think 
you have a chance to do something better. Like get somebody that's serviceable that's not going to cost as much as far as track capital, but we're just going to have to build. Um, I do have to get something off my chest because this has been infuriating today. Like Kendrick Perkins put some damn respect on Dirk's name because every single superstar over the last 20 years that y'all have been planted trying to in your ESPN offices, Dirk has packed them up at one time or another. Put respect on his name. <laughs> I mean, um, I've watched Kendrick Perkins since 1999, okay? He was a freshman at Beaumont Ozen High School, which I think may have closed, but it's out there in Beaumont, Texas. He was as big as he is now right. as like a freshman. He was like, like he was a monster. And I was a year <laughs> above him. I'm a year older than him. So when I played high school ball, I was tracking teams all around the state, followed him forever. I knew Kendrick Perkins was garbage. And I want to say this was 2002 state playoffs. Chris Bosch and Dallas Lincoln lit him on fire. I want to say that Bosch just kept pulling him out of the lane again and again and again. And, you know, Perkins had a multi, multi-year multi successful career where he was basically the big guy on good teams. And, you know, he's made a, a postseason or a post-playing career selling out his old friends and talking shit. So I, I hope he sleeps well at night. He sucks. Yeah, pretty much. And um, then just one other thing that is – so – Draymond Green bringing up how he feels like, yeah, that uh, American players are catching catch more flack about win, winning a championship than uh, European players do. That, uh, and I would say this, you know what? I partially agree. You want to know whose fault it is. That's your buddy that you're all chummy chummy with that tells people that Devin Booker and Jason Tatum are the second coming of Kobe Bryant. That's your buddy that says James Harden is in the same conversation as a scorer as Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. That's your buddy that says Anthony Davis is a top seven player. That's your buddy that says KD is the best player in the planet. So when they and everybody fail – because of all the expectations that y'all put on people, claiming they're something that they're not, that's where the flag comes from. Sure. Well, so dude. that's your buddies. And oh yeah, so I'm real quick. Last thing, I'm watching this Clippers and Golden State game right now, and they are thrashing them without um, Steph still. Yeah, the Clippers are a mess still, I guess. I don't know how they're this high in the standings. But um, I think we are on a one-road track to Warriors-Phoenix in the first round. It is going to be hilarious when everybody said that these guys are championship or bust and they get packed in the first round. It's great. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. But, yeah, uh, great win, Kurt. Finally finds. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for hanging out so long, Micah. You have a good night. All right, the homie Charles popped in late. 
I'm sure he has a, a good take to send us to send us to, to bed with since it's uh, now 11:45. What's up? Go Mavs. Well, it was a great day. <laughs> it was. It was fun. I I went to Waco because it was my mother's 90th birthday yesterday and drove back just in time for tornadoes somewhere, Ooh. I guess, near – I guess they were kind of on their way. They were near Bartlett and Granger is yep. what I – and my, my partner called me up and warned me. So I, I parked underneath the overpass. It blew over. I came home and watched this late, which is why I'm in here late. But, man – I gotta, I gotta disagree with some people thinking kid is experimenting. Kids, I, I, I don't, I know what kid's doing. He's not experimenting. What he's doing is he's looking at new players like Markeith Morris and Justin Holliday, and he's he's trying different. And I, I'm, I don't see that as experimenting. He ha- he has to find out who can play together and who can't. And it's not about experimenting. It's about finding out what his personnel is, what they can do, what they what they need to do better. Because there's not a lot of time left in this season. So I think, I think, but I do think one of the things that that he's doing well is he's probably saying to Kyrie, "Don't overthink this. Just and stop sending the ball over to Luca all the time. Just keep playing. And and if you've got the ball in your hands, just just." you know, stay in the stream. I, I, I honestly think that the best that the Mavericks played since the All-Star break were both before the game, you know, he was on the team, but he hadn't played yet. And then, so we were we were just playing in the flow. We weren't like, the ball wasn't sticking in one guy's uh, yeah. hand. And, it, and he, he kept saying, yeah, just let the ball, don't, don't, don't keep throwing the ball over to him. And I think if they just keep playing that way where they don't keep having – Thinking, oh, we got to throw it over to Luca, or we got to throw it over to Kyrie. They're going to continue to build this chemistry, and yeah, they'll figure out who's, who's, you know, what what their rotation's going to be. But man, it's exciting. It's fun to finally see them beat a good, you know. Well, of course, they came on a back to back, but still, the win is. I mean, they, their defense wasn't perfect tonight, but it was a hell of a lot better than it's been. They tried a lot harder. Like there was some evidence there, and that's where it's just, it's it's sort of hard for me to judge whether it was better, just because Embiid is really good and Harden is really good. But I like the feel was better. Like I I didn't realize Embiid had thirty five points because I thought that Dwight Powell did a pretty good job on him, and you know they got the win, and that's what we're we're pleased with. Yeah, and my last comment basically is that when they when they defend well without fouling. That's where we don't get in this kind of – I don't think the game's going to be nearly as close as long as we don't keep giving the, the team that's not hitting a lot of shots anyway a lot of free, you know, free throws because we get in trouble with our free throw shooting anyway uh, on our own. But, yeah, if we don't just give them points at the line, I think it's not going to be nearly as close as it's been lately. But I think I think they're on the, the route to, to turning this around – we don't know how far it'll go, but it's a lot more. It's a lot better than it's been. Well, I appreciate you staying up late and hopping in and talking with us, Charles. Uh, go Mavs! Right. Let's, let's cheer us, cheer them on. We keep believing. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks we, for... we get another Sunday afternoon game against the Suns noon. 
I don't know when I'm going to do the live show because I my son's birthday party is that is is Sunday, so I'm probably going to miss the game live. But we'll figure out something. Thanks so much for uh, for hanging out. Everybody, be good. Enjoy your Friday and your Saturday, and we will talk on Sunday.